to see you guys. Uh, a little bit about me. My name's Jacob. I've been a campus minister at this church for the past year. And so it's actually been like a year and three days now that I've been here as a campus minister. And uh, I'm loving it. I am so pumped to be uh, a part of this family and to serve with this family. And uh, there's been a lot of great things that uh, I've seen over this past year. We've seen uh, friends come to know Jesus. We've seen leaders built up. We've seen prayer started. Um, and that, actually, that last one, prayer, uh, has been for sure the most powerful thing that I've been a part of is that there's been a group of us um, out at UBC who've been praying every week. And, uh, and Mark was saying, my brother Mark was saying yesterday at one of our meetings that, um, that I actually start, started, he said, Debbie prayed one prayer in a prayer and fasting week, and 20 to 30 young adults prayed every week for a year. And, uh, and we believe that's true. And um, I mean, she was praying a lot more than that one time. But, uh, but it, was, it was one prayer that was said during prayer and fasting. And, uh, and we were inspired. And we were like, we need to, we need to be meeting in prayer constantly, like consistently throughout this year. Uh, because that, has, that is the most important. It's the most foundational part of who we are as Christians. And so we've had... 20, 30 uh, young adults come out and pray for an hour, two hours every Wednesday night for the last year. And um, it has completely transformed who I am and what I believe is like, um, what I believe is prayer is who we are created to be. And, uh, and I'm not just talking about prayer as in uh, like saying words at God, like, oh, I should probably say some words at God, our Father who art in heaven. Like she's saying, I'm talking about prayer as uh, it's our relationship with him. It's, it's communication. It's face-to-face -face, that there is a God who created us and loves us so much that he would want intimate relationship with us. And that's prayer, that, he, that we actually have an intimate relationship with our God. And we get to enter into that anytime we want to that we live in that consistently throughout our entire lives, that he invites us, he's, I'm jealous for your time, and all I want is for you to spend time praying with me, for you to spend time in this relationship, for you to acknowledge that I'm here, that I'm with you. And, uh, and there's a few like, topics that come to mind that I'm going to be speaking on uh, that embody prayer for me, but I just want to say, uh, like, these things that I'm going to talk about, like, you guys are these things. And I've seen these things, I've learned these things, I've grown in these things over this last year by spending time with you. And by spending time with our prayer group, but also by like watching the Aelsons pray, or watching Debbie pray, or watching Janice pray. And I've, I've learned what, uh, I've had a, like a new revelation of what it means to be in prayer by being a part of this family and by watching so many of you, I would I just go through so many names, uh, by watching so many of you, Brent, Brent Starr was super encouraging when we met the other like a month ago, watching so many of you care so much about sharing like the relationship that you have with God with other people and how prayer has to be uh, the engine of it the fuel of it, but also is just what it is. Like, spending time with God is what evangelism is, is what um, outreach is, is what love is. And, uh, and so these, uh, these points that I'm going to be encouraging us in, uh, it's an encouragement, but it's also like a, 
uh, an affirmation, like way to go church. Like these are who you are and who you are has created these things and who I am as becoming a member of this family. Um, so yeah, God, we just, uh, we open up our hearts to you. We want to be in ongoing deeper and deeper relationship with you. And uh, would you speak to us? Would you meet us here face to face? Would you give us uh, such a hunger and a desire for the only true relationship that, uh, that is who we were created to be, for our true purpose, for our true identity, that we are found in you? Uh, would you impart something to us today? Would you open up our hearts to receive your heart? Will we go out being a people of prayer? Will we go out from today being a people of prayer, people who are identified as those people that spend time with God? Because they believe that that's the only thing that, that's the, that's the thing that matters, that's who they are created to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so, Mitch, you can first, yeah, there you go. Prayer is what we are created for. It's who we're created to be. Uh, in the beginning, God created this world and a bunch of people because he wanted to be in relationship with us. And he created it so that we could be in relationship. And it was described as, uh, as men like Adam and Eve walking around in the garden talking with God. Uh, and so we were created to be in this relationship with God. And, uh, and then um, we didn't like the idea that God was God. We wanted to be God. We wanted to have control of our lives. We thought we knew better. We thought we could be identified outside of a relationship with him, just in ourselves. And, uh, and so um, we sinned and corruption and uh, lies and we put up walls in between our relationship with God. And so um, Genesis 3.8 describes one of like, the saddest questions that God asks in the Bible. Um, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And so through our sin and through us choosing that we wanted to define ourselves and identify ourselves outside of relationship with God, uh, we hid in our shame. And, and God said, where are you? I'm used to walking around the garden with you. Where, where did you go? Where is this relationship that we had? What happened to it? And so, uh, for years and years, for thousands of years, uh, in the Old Testament, people uh, are struggling to have, they don't have that face-to-face -face relationship with God, that, uh, that there's a lot of... Um, they long for that relationship with God, but there's a lot of separation and that you can never quite um, achieve the, um, I don't know, the, the desire to be with God. And so th throughout the Old Testament, that relationship, that face-to-face -face intimacy, that walking in the garden, it, you don't see it a whole bunch, but there's a few situations where you do see it. And, uh, and I just want to read... Um, Exodus 33, 7 to 11. Uh, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away. 
calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp, and whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. And Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua did not leave the tent. And so, I, and so you have moments throughout uh, the story of the people of God where, uh, where God does have that face-to-face intimate relationship with people. And it's so powerful that like hundreds of thousands of Israelites, that's who, Mo, that's who was watching Moses, they're in the desert, Moses is leading them to the promises of God that like, that they are, even, is this even real God? Are these promises even gonna happen? Moses is leading them through the desert to this land that God has promised them. And he was go, he'll take time and go off and spend time with God face to face. And it's so powerful, the people are so in awe of this that hundreds and thousands of people who are migrating across a desert will stop all they're doing and they'll come out of their tent, and they'll just watch him. And it's, I can just picture it. It's like, hey, Moses is going to the tent. Like how, do like, how do hundreds and thousands of people even realize that one guy starts walking to a tent? Like, it has to be a big enough deal that people are passing this on. And so people are like, hey, hey, Moses is coming out. And so people are coming outside of their tents, and they're just standing and watching as Moses goes and walks to the tent. And they're like, hey, Moses is going to the tent. And you have this busy camp of hundreds of thousands of people who are making food and doing life and packing and whatever. And they stop because this is more important, that somebody in their midst is spending face-to-face time with the Lord God who created everything. And we're going to stop all we're doing, and we're going to watch and just be in awe of what's happening. And then when the pillar of God comes down, and, and they're like, wow, like God, God came down, it like, looked like a pillar of a cloud. God came down, is meeting with Moses. They're showing that they're going to stand and just worship, and just worship that the God who created everything is willing and to, loves to spend face-to-face time with one of us. And that is so profound. And then he's going to lead, we're like, this guy should lead all of us because he spends face-to-face time with the Lord God. And so uh, there are some, some rules in the Old Testament and things, um, and God, he, longed to, he wanted to dwell with his people, but uh, it, because uh, we were sinners because we chose ourselves over God. It had to be kind of confined in a space. And so it was confined in this holy of holies, this one tent that, that that's where God's presence was. So he was for sure with the people, but he was also, it was only in this one spot that God really was. And if anyone entered into there, because we were sinners, because uh, we chose ourselves over God, then they would die. And so only uh, like the high priest, the most um, like, pure, I guess, person representation would be allowed to go into that place. But, uh, but for the most part, that was like a no-go zone because God is so powerful and so amazing and we have sinned and chosen like, oh, to be away from him that if we do go into that place, uh, we would be dead. And so um, they still have this a bunch of years later, around the time of Jesus, they have this holy of holies that uh, only the high priest could go into and the rest of everybody else, we couldn't have a relationship, that face-to-face relationship with God because we were sinners and we weren't perfect and we constantly chose not to love and chose not to, um, yeah, be for God and cho- chose not to identify ourselves with God. And, uh, 
And so Jesus comes, and Jesus is, uh, Jesus comes, God sends his son Jesus to live a perfect life where uh, he chose to identify himself, to chose to choose to follow God his whole life, and, uh, and he was God, and, uh, and he comes and he dies so that we can have relationship with him. And so what that looks like is um, we are saved from our, from our sins, from uh, like from not loving people, from all the bad that we've done, but we, we are saved from that, but he saves us into relationship with him. And so uh, Matthew 27, 51, 52, at that moment, the moment that Jesus dies and sacrifices himself for all of us, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open, the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. I'm going to read again. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. That means the curtain of the temple was torn in two. So the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from where everyone else could be was torn in two. And so God's presence now goes out, and it goes out to the world because we have been paid for by Jesus, and we are allowed to be in relationship. We're allowed to have now face-to-face access with God. For the first time since the garden, is everybody allowed to be in that face-to-face relationship with God? And that is such a powerful statement that the curtain tore that it's combined in this verse with, and the earth shook, and tombs broke open, and the bodies, people, people were raised to life. So it's so powerful that we are now freed to be in this face-to-face intimate relationship with God that it's compared to other things that were happening at the time was the earth was shaking and people were coming to life. And so it's like both of these stories, the story of Moses at the tent and the story of, uh, of Matthew and this curtain ripping is like this is a big deal. It once was normal that we could walk and just be in relationship with God and then it wasn't normal anymore. And so when it did happen, 100,000 people would stand back and watch. And the, when it became available to the whole world, the earth shakes and dead people come back to life. And this is a big deal that we can have face-to-face intimate relationship with the God who loves us. And I treat it like a chore for 15 minutes every morning. <laughs> right? Do we not? It's like a 15-minute chore that I have to do is spend this relationship, spend this time with God before I can go about my life. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of people are standing back in awe, and the earth is shaking, and people are coming to life. And I don't think we quite get who we were created to be and what we were created for if we're not valuing that we need to be in our intimate relationship with God throughout our entire day. And so, it's who we're created to be. We were created for a relationship with God, to be in relationship with God, to have an intimate relationship with God, which is a hard thing to understand, but it's how he made us. And we treat it like such a sideline thing. but I think that it's the only thing that we were created to be. Like, if we're not in an intimate, face-to-face relationship, walk in the garden, talk to him, relationship with God, 
like, that's, it's, then, like, am I even alive? Like, is this even, is this life worth living if I'm not being who I was created to be? If I'm not in the relationships I was created to be in? And so, we can't be in those relationships perfectly. I'm not, definitely not always realizing or sometimes I shun that relationship with God. But Jesus died so that we don't have to be perfect. We just get to be courageous. We just get to take steps towards Jesus. And God, I don't understand how you could love me so much that you would want to spend face-to-face time with me. That seems scary. But I'm going to courageously take a step towards that and open myself up towards that. Because Jesus died so that we don't have to be perfect anymore. We just get to give it our best. We just get to give this relationship our all. And, uh, and over time, I think God transforms our heart so that maybe I didn't desire it as much. I just, you know, Jacob told me I should spend more time with Jesus. But I think in spending time with him, uh, that grows and grows and grows until it's all that we want and it's all that I want and it's all that I need. And, uh, and I have joy and peace because I get to spend day to day with my father, with my God who loves me, which I was created for. Um, you put up the next kind of section thing. Yeah. Prayer is how we achieve the longings of our heart. <laughs> this is uh, as a strong, it's, uh, I think in, it's the only way that we achieve the longings of our heart. And so, uh, church, we have tons of faith. I am thrilled and excited week by week experiencing your faith. Experiencing your faith here in on our prayer time, in meetings, in interacting with you, we have so much faith. And faith for God to do impossible things. Faith for God to do, uh, to, to heal people, to, uh, to raise the dead, to, to see movements of disciples, to see my friends come to know Jesus, to know that relationship that we were created for. We have faith, to, faith for impossible things. And uh, like they're impossible. <laughs> There is, there is no way, there is no way that Jacob Penner can achieve a movement of God at all, ever, at all. <laughs> I was going to say by himself, with all of you as well. There's, there's no possible way that Jacob Penner can achieve anything. And yet, I, I stand here and I am in agreement with you, church, that we are here high because we want to see the presence of God that we talked about in that first section, the intimacy with God, spread to our city, spread to our world. And we're believing that God is not just um, watching us do that, but he's with us doing that. And that he's actually not just, this is a good idea we had, but he's called us to do that. And he's promised us that we'd be a part of a movement where we would see so many people come to know their purpose and come to know the relationship that they were created for. And all of that is completely impossible 100% outside of that intimate face-to-face relationship with God, I'm calling prayer. (laughs) It's completely impossible. And so I heard a little podcast I was listening to, and the guy was like, I used to think that I I would change the world by uh, raising up leaders, and now I realize i got to change the world by raising up people who spend time in the presence of God. And I was like, wow, like, I'm a love leadership. I was like, all for leadership. And my heart has been transformed praying over this last year is, no, this world is going to be transformed by people who actually spend time in the presence of God. And uh, 
I think that uh, like the longings of our heart, like God has put good things in your heart, church. God has put amazing things in your heart. Things like, I want to see my family healed. I want to see, um, I want to see my friends not have to be anxious anymore, not have to be stressed out about school, but realize that someone loves them unconditionally. And uh, we have good things in our heart and good longings and things that we, we yearn for, that, we, we, uh, that eat us up because we want to see them so bad. And they're amazing things. And we get to put all of our effort in towards uh, those coming about. But outside of of God, like none of those things are possible. We do not have the power to achieve any of the things that God has put on our heart, any of the longings that are on our heart on our heart, outside of a relationship with him where we're desperately crying out, God, would you save us? God, would you save our city? God, would you save our family? Um, and I just want to encourage you uh, with, I just think this verse is, uh, is who we are. It's, uh, it's from, from Hebrews. And um, it's about Moses. Moses is my favorite person in the Bible. Uh, and so, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Church, we see him who is invisible. We see the God who is invisible, and we see him face to face. And we see hundreds and thousands of people coming to know that relationship when they've been invisible for a while. And so I just want to encourage you. I've seen your faith in the invisible. And like Moses, who had the faith to see what was invisible because he had a face-to-face relationship with God, I think we have the faith to see what is invisible because we spend time with God. Uh, last section thing yeah prayer together is the best response to anything in life these are all bold statements yeah? <laughs> but I believe it <laughs> it's the best response to anything in life and so um, like one verse that I mean backs us up or something uh, like Matthew 18 uh, again truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for it'll be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three are gathered in my name there I am with them so there's power in being together we were created to be together um, but I think that it goes uh, it's more than just that it's extra powerful when we agree also when so when I'm with people and I'm praying I, it takes way more faith for me to pray with people than to pray on my own. If I'm praying on my own, then I'll have faith that my sister can be healed or different things. Like, but when I'm praying with people, I'm not saying that out loud because now there's pressure. Now, like, it's, it's hard to say the things that you're longing for out loud. And so when we pray together with people, we, it requires us to have faith, which I think God loves. And then uh, we... It requires us to have faith, and we also get to participate and witness other people's faith. And so we were created for a relationship with God, and we were created, like love is, that we would share that with people. So we were created for a relationship with God that goes out and invites other people into our relationship with him, and invites other people to having a relationship with him. And so what better way to love than to invite people into prayer with you? 
than to pray for people, than to invite them into your relationship with God. So I'm praying and I'm talking to God and I'm having my face-to-face moment with him. And the most loving thing I could possibly do is invite other people into that because I'm not their savior and I'm not the one who's gonna solve their problems and there's nothing that I can do for them, but I can show them Jesus. And I'm sitting here, I was trying to prepare, I was like, God, my words are never gonna be enough to get across that you're in my heart. So could you just open me up so that people would see you? And then I was like, wait a second, they don't even need to be opened up. Like, they just have you in them. <laughs> like, you're in them already. Would people, so, but uh, I think we were created to share that relationship with other people. And so there's no better response to how to love somebody than to invite them into your relationship with God and no better honor than to be invited into theirs. And, uh, I think that, uh, like, we're having faith for stuff, church, which I'm super excited about. And I think that the enemy would like to lie to us and tell us that we're actually not created for these things. And so I just wrote down a few that come to mind. But, uh, like, when I, when I want to see people come to know Jesus, when I'm praying for my friends, when I want to see healing, the first response that I should have to is, how do I go to my father and to people like, how do I go to, to my father with, with people? How do we do this together? And, uh, and I think the enemy, I've experienced more attack from the enemy in the last, like, four or five months than I have in my entire life. And I think other people can re- relate because I think that we're doing something. And, uh, and the enemy's not happy about that. And so, uh, but I think, I'm like, man, okay, this is a sub- somewhat rough day. I should, I should get prayer. And the enemy will say, no, that's insignificant. That's not important. You don't need to go for prayer with that. It's just, you just have a final. Everyone has finals. You don't need to go for a final. Uh, that's just, uh, oh, you're feeling sick? That's, that's just you. That's not a prayer thing. That's just you. And uh, the enemy's going to lie to us and say, oh, our thoughts and stuff are not significant, that we shouldn't go to prayer, that we shouldn't go to each other, that we shouldn't be who we were created to be because it's insignificant. Uh, the enemy will also say, like, you don't know the words. Like, how, how are you going to actually describe the pain that's in your heart that you would want prayed for? You don't know the words. They're not going to be able to say the words. You're not going to know how to pray to me, uh, pray to God. And the enemy would lie to us and say that, that we don't know the words. We don't know how to, how to explain what's on our heart. And, uh, and the truth is that the Holy Spirit is in us, and the Holy Spirit hears us, and the Holy Spirit hears us regardless of the right words that we use. And inviting people into that is powerful regardless of the right words that you use. The enemy is going to say that you're alone, that actually nobody else here wants to pray for you, that you're in this battle alone, that... Uh, and, and God would say, and our family would say, and I would say to you, you're not alone. We were created, like, it was, uh, in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. Like, we were created for the opposite of alone. We, like, God saw us and was like, there should be more of these guys because they need to do this life together. Because they can't do it alone. It's not possible to go through this journey alone. When we're with our prayer group, I describe myself as an inner tube on the back of like a speedboat getting flown around the wind because I'm so discouraged about not seeing what God's doing that I need our prayer group to carry me along in the wake. And I'm just flapping back there being like, wow, I'm glad you guys have faith because I'm discouraged. And we all take turns being the boat. And we all take turns being the tube. But that's what community is, is somebody's in the boat and you're getting carried along by the faith of your family and by the faith of your community, by the faith of your friends. We were not created to be alone. We can't do this alone. So we were created to be in a relationship with God face-to-face with each other. 
and together having a relationship with God. And so the enemy's going to say, you're alone. That's not true. That's the opposite of what you were created for. In no situation ever are you alone. God is always with you, and you always have the body of Christ who are with you. Um, the other thing is, uh, is sometimes we have this lie that, uh, that, oh, if I go for prayer, like, how will I look? Will I look needy? And like, that's just the, such the wrong understanding of prayer, if only needy people go for prayer. Because what have we described this whole time? It's who you're created to be. You're created to be in prayer. You're created to be in prayer, and you're created to be prepared together. And so when I go and I say, hey, last night I was nervous, Jordo, pray for me. When I go and I say that, it's, that's not because I'm needy. It's because I have faith and believe that only God can accomplish any of these things. And so I'm going to believe that myself, and I'm going to invite Jordo in to believe in that with me, that only God can do these things. And so it's not I'm needy, so I need prayer. It's I believe that prayer is who I'm created to be, and I'm going to share that with Jordo. <laughs> and so... I, like we have prayer teams and we have like each other and we're afraid of going because we're not sure how we're going to look. Only needy people get prayer. No, prayer is who we are. We are all praying all the time and we're all getting prayer from each other all the time because that's who we were created to be. And whether it's a need, like I need, I'm nervous and I need prayer, or whether it's a celebration or whether it's just like let's proclaim who God is together. I want to share my relationship with God with you. And so let's do that together. It is not about uh, how I look or being needy or uh, any of those things, but the enemy will say, oh, you're just going to look needier. No, you look like you're full of faith because you chose to enter into a relationship with God and invite other people into that, which is who you were created to be. Um, and then the last one that, uh, that kind of gets me is it's not the right time. It's like, oh, they're all having a serious moment. It's probably not the right time. They look like they're having a thing. It's not the right time. It's no, it's always the right time. It's who we were created to be. It's, it's not the right time to not be with God. So if you're like, oh, I think I should pray for someone. That's the Holy Spirit. You should go pray for them. It's always the right time because they're supposed to be in relationship with God. And if they're not, then you're going to remind them. And it's great. You're going back to who you're created to be. So it's not the right time to not be praying. It's the right time to be praying always. <laughs> Okay, um, so I think there's a beauty in each of these kind of three points. Uh, the first one is like we were created for intimacy with God. And the second one's like we're, it's, prayer is achieving the things we're longing for. And sometimes I get confused about like, wait a second, what is prayer? What am I doing? There's so many different things. Is it a relationship? Is it like getting stuff done? Is it encouraging each other? And I think the most beautiful thing about prayer is that God created us to be in relationship with him and others, and everything in life is accomplished by that. And so it's not a different thing to be spending time with God than it is to be uh, praying for healing or praying for the longings of your heart, praying for revival. Like, how amazing is God that he put longings on our heart that can only be achieved and satisfied by us having a relationship with him because he knew that that was what we were created to be was in that relationship. So it's not these different things going on. It's all the same thing. And it's God who created um, longings in our hearts so that we would go to him, so that we would be in the place that we were created to be, which is relationship with him.
Um, I have one uh, story. So this is more now we're getting to the, like, I'm encouraging you to spend time in prayer and stuff in the future. And uh, I got a story about how this went for me last week. So uh, sometimes I think we have a lot of expectation on our time with God, and that can mess us up. So uh, a week ago, I was listening to that podcast. The guy at the end, he was like, you should pray about when you're going to spend time with God. And I was going to ignore him, and then I felt like I shouldn't. So I was like, okay, God, when are we spending time together? And, uh, and God was like, oh, like, well, let's, like, let's, because we already spend time together a bunch. But he was like, oh, let's also make sure Monday mornings are, like, our time. I was like, okay, Monday mornings, our time. So when's the next Monday? Oh, it's tomorrow morning. So tomorrow morning is our time. So have a meeting at 11. So I'm going to wake up. Eight, we're going to have two hours of me and God time. This is going to be good. It's going to be me and God. He's going to speak to me. I'm going to be enlightened about all these things. It's going to be powerful. God set that time aside, so it's going to be extra special. And, uh, and so we go, and then I sleep in. So, okay, an hour. We got an hour. Okay, we got an hour. <laughs> it's going to be a good hour. It's going to be a good hour. God can do lots of stuff in an hour. It's great. You know what? I'm so spiritual right now. I'm not even going to listen to music. I'm just going to walk around not listening to music because I'm just so expecting God to speak to me. It's going to be good. I'm not going to be distracted by music. I walk around for an hour. I'm like mostly humming the song that I last listened to, but that's okay. And, uh, and I'm like waiting for God to speak and do his thing. And, uh, and I mean, maybe you heard like one or two things, but it doesn't feel very profound. And, uh, and then we're walking along and I'm walking beside uh, one of the schools by my house. And there in the middle of the sidewalk is the massive, most massive pile of poop that you've ever seen. There was like some horse ate a bear and like pooped it out. <laughs> like it was, it was massive and it went on for a really long time. And, uh, and, and I had this thought goes through my mind is like, hey, you should pick that up so that uh, like the janitor or whoever doesn't have to do that. And I was like, that's a ridiculous idea. And then I was like, I kept walking. And, and then I was like, oh, maybe that was the Holy Spirit. I was like, God, was that, was that actually your idea? And God's like, who else would have that idea? <laughs> I was like, shoot, yeah, not me. So <laughs> that's yours. I was like, okay. Let's say, okay, but I got my meeting coming up pretty soon, God. So if I can make it back to my house and find a shovel in time before my clock goes off for my meeting, then maybe I'll come and clean up the poop. Uh, I get back, shoot, like two more minutes before my alarm, okay, shoot, I got to go find a shovel, we have no shovel, God points out, hey, there's barbecue tongs right there, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm not using, you're, I'm going to put my, I'm in the middle of the, I'm not going to have my face down there with the poop, and, uh, and, and sure enough, he was pumped about the barbecue tong idea, he's like, you'd be better, closer, more control, <laughs> Okay, so pick that, get in the car, drive out to the spot, block most of the poop with the van so people can't see me. And, uh, and here I am, scooping the poop, <laughs> chucking it into the bushes with the barbecue tongs. Sorry, boys. And, uh, <laughs> I knew I'd have a surprise for you. Uh, and, uh, and so what I realized in reflection of that was uh, like, God's like, we're spending time together. If you want to spend time to me, with me, like, come do what I'm doing. And this is what I'm doing. Is I care so much about whoever the person would be who's asked to pick up poo at the school. I care so much about that person that without him even knowing, I'm going to send somebody else to go and pick that up so that he doesn't have to. Because I care so much about him. And he's never going to know. God's like, I'm, he's never going to know that I did that for him but I'm going to do that because I love my son or my daughter so much. And I've invited you to be a part of that. Wow. I got to be a part of that. But, and so, yeah, it was a little gross. 
The idea is good. You just throw them I threw them in the backyard. Someone's going to find them. I had my meeting. I had to go. So, um, I, I cleaned them so much, though. They're sick as a fan. Uh, anyways, I found them on the ground in the backyard. Like, there's not that. Anyways, anyways so... Uh, I think that sometimes we have lots of expectations and put lots of pressure on our time with God, and so we don't, uh, so then we're afraid of it. And, we have, and if, it does, if it's not amazing, then we're, then we're not going to do it again. And, uh, and I was thinking the only time where I have like, seen in my friends like pressure in a relationship, like your, your relationships aren't supposed to have tons of pressure and expectation on this is going to be a really amazing moment, uh, like, the only time I see that is in long-distance relationships, where someone has, I've gone out of my way completely to come across the country to spend time with you, and I was kind of doubting our relationship before, but if this time is really good, then we're going to stay together, and it's going to be okay. And that's the only time I, I really experience that kind of pressure, and it's hard on people, and people don't have great times because, wow, there's so much pressure on this to perform well, otherwise we're not going to be in a relationship. And so my question for you if you feel that pressure of like that I kind of did going into that whole story, uh, is like, do you have a long distance relationship with God? Because if I'm hanging out with God on Monday morning, he doesn't say anything, that's fine. I'm gonna see him tonight, I'm gonna see him tomorrow, I'm gonna see him the next day, I'm gonna see him the next day. One of those times will be great. Like it's, we're just gonna hang out some of them. Some of them we're gonna pick up poop, some of them we're gonna like have profound moments, but we're hanging out all the time, so it's gonna be fine. But if you have a long distance relationship with God where you only see him once a week, once a month, once a year, when you really go out of your way, I'm spending tons of time with you here and I was kind of doubting our relationship, but if this is good, then I'll stay with you. If we have a long distance relationship with God, then, then there's lots of pressure. But if you're seeing him tomorrow, then there's no pressure. It's great. You were just hanging out. So as an encouragement, hang out all the time. <laughs> Don't feel pressure. Uh, Rach, you can come up, and uh, we're gonna I'm gonna close here. Um, I'm gonna pray, and then I'm gonna close. Uh, God, I just thank you that you created us for a relationship with you, that you created us uh, to um, to love you, to be in a face-to-face relationship with you, that we get to share that with other people. Uh, and I pray that you would impart something to us here, that we would realize the value and importance of our relationship with you, that it's all we're created to be, and, uh, and that we wouldn't treat it as a 15-minute chore in the morning, that it's our entire day and it's our entire lives because it's who we were created to be. And so we repent from treating it that way, and we enter into a full, like, face-to-face, day-to-day relationship with you. Please give us the, like, be with us and encourage us in that. Amen.